everybody. Thanks for watching Soap Notes. Nava Health is hosting this podcast to bring you conversations and analysis around some of the biggest topics in senior care with me, Dr. Jay Labine. Hi, welcome to Soap Notes. Uh, Jay Labine, I'm the Chief Medical Officer of Nava Health. And today I'm super excited because we got Mark Swaitaj, who is the CEO and founder of Roundtrip. Mark, welcome to Soap Notes. Jay, excited to be here. Great, great. You know, Nava Health is, I think you're aware, like we're big into senior care and we have a lot of seniors that are on our platform, a lot of care coordination for seniors. I was just wondering if you have a senior in your life that you have a fond memory of. Yeah, I think I do. Um, and it actually pertains to uh, some of the things we'll be talking about today. So uh, I was pretty close with actually all of my grandparents uh, who were all, all quite different. But um, I do recall my, my grandfather, particularly my step-grandfather, um, he had to, had to go for something called dialysis, which I think might've been the first time I had heard of this. Yeah. Um, and I just recall hearing at first, like my grandmother slash greater family was trying to figure out how to like get my grandfather to dialysis. And then it really just turned into like on all hands on deck. Yeah. Um, uh, and this was somebody that had been with me for, for quite some time. Uh, now that you've po posed this question, I actually think that that might've been one of my first exposures to mm -hmm. transportation and the barrier that it was started to create, particularly my family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think we'll wind up talking about. You know, it's interesting, Mark, because so a uh, previous job that I had, I, I did uh, renal transplantation. I'm a surgeon by training. And I'll tell you this, there were, I had, I saw a lot of dialysis patients in my office and they always needed transportation. Yeah. We're going back and forth to the dialysis unit, to the hospital. So that's a really great segue into tell us about round trip. Uh, be really interested to hear more about um, how you got started with round trip and a little bit about uh, the company. Well, I think now that We've just had that opener. I think I'm I'm inadvertently <laughs> changing how I started round trip. I guess it started with my grandfather yeah. and those experiences. Right. But um, kind of fast forward, um, I one of my first jobs uh, was actually working on an ambulance. I provided direct clinical care to folks to and from their medical appointments. Uh, I did emergency. I did non-emergency transportation, um, and. <laughs> really started to see firsthand people giving up on their healthcare. So of course, mm -hmm. now that I reflect upon my grandfather's experiences, um, because of the family that surrounded him, we were able to get him to that care. But so many folks that I actually cared for to and from their medical appointments um, really struggled with that, that transportation barrier. And yeah. I recall um, several patients that, you know, you get to know the folks because they're going to dialysis three times a week or chemo, radiation, wound care multiple times a week. And I remember holding this one patient's hand and she said to me, I I'm not going to the next appointment yeah. because I just, I can't deal with this ride anymore. Like, I don't know who's coming, when, if, how, like it was too cumbersome. And it was like, so eye-opening for me to, to get exposure to somebody that was like, no, it's not the clinical care that's like yeah. challenging to me. It is the actual ride that is so challenging. 
And I think yeah. from that experience and many others, you know, we started round trip. You know, it's interesting because I remember seeing um, patients outside dialysis units waiting for a go bus and they'd be waiting for literally an hour for a bus to show up to get them back home. And I, they were already there for four hours. I, I, I mean, I felt so bad for them and thank God we have one round trip now so that it's more on time, right? On time rides. It's, it's incredible. And, and really getting to the, to, to the gestation of the company, we did a year long design thinking methodology. I'm a, an IDO groupie. So uh, we actually sat with nurses, social workers, caregivers, patients, of course, uh, hospital administrators, health plan, transportation companies, everybody that I'm forgetting, um, yeah. and ultimately said, what's wrong? And ultimately, where do we create the solution? And I'll never forget when I was at uh, MD Anderson Cancer Institute in New Jersey, the hospital administrator there walked me down to the lobby and she said, look at this lobby. It's like seven o'clock at night. She's like, look at this lobby. It's full of people. I don't know how they're getting home. And she, she literally started like taking money out of her pocket, trying to pay cabs yeah. in front of the building. And it was like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Um, and then we knew there was a whole opportunity to improve this coordination. Yeah. So as far as like, that's a, a really interesting perspective is that the transportation as a component of care coordination, right? Because so many times, I think you mentioned this, but if people don't get to their appointments on time, they may completely miss their, whether it's their doctor or whether it's a care management appointment or, I mean, and they miss it and pretty soon they're starting to give up on their treatment plan. So it's such an important component of care coordination. And you're kind of hitting the nail on the head of like our story, right? So we started by, by that kind of that operational play of, of why are patients in the provider space occupying hospital resources, you know, waiting for rides? Like this literally yeah. makes sense to us. Um, and that was like our Geisinger use case in central Pennsylvania. They had folks staying an extra day in an inpatient bed. You know, just imagine getting your here, knee or hip replaced and like, yeah. you're supposed to be out on day three, you're leaving day four. And the only reason for that delay is because of a ride barrier. And yeah. so they started to use our tech to improve that, that coordination, get folks out on day three. Mm-hmm. And that really started us down that pathway of the five whys. If you will, why was somebody in the hospital in the first place? Oh, because they missed their outpatient appointment. They couldn't get to their behavioral health appointment, their primary yeah. care appointment. And so then we started to use rides as a value driver to say, well, we're going to get folks to their primary care, their wound care, their behavioral health, and keep them active in the community. Yeah. And then from there, we actually, this is most recently our story, and we'll talk about this I think a little bit about social determinants of health, like how do we use rides to get folks to some of the basic necessities? Um, One of the top reasons for transport in our tech now is Mm -hmm. to get access to food, is to get access to housing. Um, I did not expect us, frankly, to be using rides as a tool for the vulnerable to get access to basic life needs like we are today. Yeah, I'd love for you to just, you know, go with that a little bit more about how that evolved, because one of the first things that I thought of when I was um, thinking about round trip and the, the problem it was solving was that there are other social determinants like housing, like food. Are you actually being able to impact those as well? Um, I don't know. Could you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So let me talk like empirically and then I'll talk about it from the lens of 
like actual client engagements, which are just mm -hmm. so cool. Um, so, so social determinants of health, um, of which transportation is one of the defined social determinants, yep. uh, and the list keeps expanding, but it includes uh, things like housing, food, and others, um, access to transportation. That is, those combined are the number one reason people miss or delay their healthcare. Um, right. Number two, billing. People actually are afraid of securing healthcare in the United States because of the bill they may receive, which is just so eye-opening. And then third, as a standalone, is transportation. So what's so crazy is transportation has hit two out of the three. Um, yeah. and, and what we saw, particularly on the social determinants front, are some pretty cool use cases. So um, in particular, Atlantic Care in Atlantic City, New Jersey, this is a large provider organization serving a very expansive, vulnerable population, um, they saw people frequenting the ER for social needs. Um, again, because of the nature of our healthcare system, if you are uh, vulnerable and you are hungry, yeah. you can call 911, you can get a free ride to an ER where you can get a warm bed and a free meal. Right. Yeah. Um, so it is, it, is, it is very common. I saw it on the ambulance. Um, mm -hmm. Atlantic Care had many, many experiences like that. And so we came together and we actually used rides as a benefit. So we went to and identified that population where they were using the ER as called a, a, a primary source of basic human needs. Yeah, um, and said sure. to them, why don't we offer rides to them to get to those outpatient services that exist in the community? Mm -hmm. um, and because of our effects on that same population, we had a 25% reduction in no-shows we had a 76% decrease in ER visits, again, by that same oh, population. Yeah. And so that to me is just like, that's the proof in the pudding. Like that is where we're moving the needle and improving a, a, a population that otherwise would have been left. Uh, yeah, that's impressive, especially with the population. You know, I mean, it's a challenging population if they're coming into the ER for basic necessities. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of housing issues with that, food insecurity, you know, I mean, even literacy, educational literacy, right? So um, that that's a that's a great uh, story. How about when COVID hit? So the pandemic has just been unprecedented. I mean, we as a company had to go remote, and it was really hard to get you know um, all the protective personal protective equipment. Um, and you're, you're delivering transportation. How, how did COVID impact round trip? Yeah, so as I, I, like, I like telling people like, nothing like starting a healthcare technology company and then having a pandemic hit. Yeah, um, of course. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I think as a, a, a wise philosopher said, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Um, and so we have, uh, we fared pretty well in this, in this environment. For a few reasons, the value of rides become became much clearer for certain populations. So, um, you know, we were thinking about all the things that I think most were thinking about, like where's the role of telehealth in this. Um, when I looked at the population that ultimately were receiving rides through our technology, they are not folks like me. Um, many of the the folks that that receive the ultimate beneficiaries of the rides have some type of social barrier. Maybe they don't have access to a smartphone, or they're visually impaired, or what have you. Um, and so, we saw that 
it became even more important for them to be able to get to their in-person cancer care um, or in-person dialysis care. Um, again, this disease state approach to the value of rides. Um, when we saw the pandemic hit, um, a few things happened. One, because we are the full spectrum of rides, yeah. meaning yes, ride share, meaning Uber or Lyft, but more advanced ride types, we saw clients absolutely tapping into credential drivers that have PPE, the, the, you know, that can transport COVID positive patients. Um, one of the first clients that we turned on after the pandemic hit was this hospital system on Long Island um, in partnership with Health. And mm -hmm. what we saw was we would roll out this ability for all of our clients, uh, but in particular, this new one uh, would be able to order rides for COVID positive or suspected positive patients. Okay. Yeah. So we roll out this ability um, and it would go to a credential trained PPE vehicle that can do that type of transport. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I big tip of the hat to my team because they were like, yeah. this is a great, great feature, great, you know, rollout that we're doing. And I said, I don't know, but like, how often is this actually going to be used? Like, yeah, and this, the <laughs> pandemic was just unfolding, right? Remember, because it was only supposed to last two weeks. So we roll it out yeah. and like something like 40% of all rides in the first few weeks were COVID or COVID positive. Mm -hmm. And I sat back and I was like, okay, this is real. Um, yeah. and, and I started to see that we were able to move very vulnerable individuals for mm -hmm. crucial medical appointments and continue yeah. to have them achieve that betterment of health. Wow, that, I mean, uh, congratulations on being that nimble to be able to have COVID safe transportation during the pandemic. And of course, there was a time where uh, that whole area, Long Island, New York, was a major hotspot. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that you had, you know, really high prevalence of COVID or people under investigation for COVID. Exactly. Sports. Yeah. Um, you know, as uh, round trip is evolving and expanding, what what is the, I guess, the reimbursement model that really makes um, the most sense for you? Is it, is it in the value-based care kind of capitated markets or is it still like you could say, hey, we also do a lot of fee-for-service because they know the value of transportation as well. But is there any difference between the, the capitated models or the value-based models versus the fee-for-service? So I love this question because I think you'd get a different answer for anybody yeah. that you ask the question to. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think I've got a couple of thoughts on this. The, the clients that are engaging with our technology are using our solution as an, you know, really to calculate the ROI. If yeah. we use transportation, if we use round trip and transportation as a value driver, can we get folks to improve their compliance with medical appointments and ultimately get to the betterment of health and well-being? Can we keep them active in the community? What's so interesting today, like I would say this is within the last three months, six months, is we slash how long it takes to access a ride. So before round trip, it takes about 20 minutes to, to order a ride for the vulnerable populations because you're dealing with things like medical insurance and COVID complexities and stuff like that. Um, now with round trip, 90 seconds. And given that there's a provider shortage, nurses, caregivers, social workers, and everybody else 
Um, just the ability to allow for those folks to operate at the top of their license, reduce burnout, like that is a huge value driver in our conversations. Where the real impact comes into place is the really the insights that we're able to provide to our clients. Everybody knows transportation is a problem. It's really showing the value of those rides to the population as it pertains to their outcomes. You know, that is why we embarked upon really some amazing studies. I've spouted out some of the, you know, some of the impact statements that we have. We're in the midst of a study with the National Institutes of Health to show the value of rides, again, by disease date, particularly for the opioid crisis. Can we get folks to get to their treatments, stay active in the community? But where I'm seeing us going is by showing that if we use rides, again, I see it by disease state, I see it for certain populations, can we actually move that needle on keeping folks active in the community out of the provider space, which is best for everybody, and ultimately participating in a model that is shared upside based on that value creation. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm seeing it by proxy. Really, we are exponentially growing at all of our clients. So mm-hmm. our clients are using us in new use cases, new populations. Um, I continue to see a world in which we will further invest in rides because rides are cheap. Somebody yeah. misdelaying their healthcare and getting sicker, that's the real problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I gotta tell you the the outcomes that you've already uh, shared with us are outcomes that we as people would want. Like we wanna, we wanna stay out of the hospital. We wanna make sure we get to our appointments on time. We wanna have greater efficiencies for our care coordinators and our medical staff. I mean, all of those value propositions um, are things that we would want for our healthcare system and, and actually for the patients that, that we all serve. So I think that's, that's phenomenal. You know, Mark, this has been fantastic. Um, and I know that Nava Health and Roundtrip, uh, you know, have some partnerships and we really appreciate all the great work that you and your teams are doing. Um, and thank you so much for, for joining me on this conversation. Jay, it's been an honor. And I love work, working together with an organization that really sees that if you use transportation and coordination together, you can improve outcomes for an entire population. I mean, it makes the work all worthwhile. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Soap Notes. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Thank you.